Systems work, people fail. Welcome to InsureMark's Advisor Mentorship Podcast with Vice President Jeremy Hauser, where we share proven systems and processes for the 21st century advisor. Today, it's essential that advisors find a way to differentiate themselves from the competition. Learn how to elevate your game and accomplish incredible feats as Jeremy teaches you how to build a more successful and sustainable business while realizing a better work-life balance is not only possible, but achievable. Welcome back to the Advisor Mentorship Podcast with your host, Jeremy Hauser. In the previous show, Jeremy spoke with Austin Hatch about his amazing life journey, which has included unimaginable adversity and obstacles which he has overcome. I'm Patrice Sakora. Jeremy, that was a, an incredibly powerful podcast. What's the feedback you've gotten from it? So far, it has been amazing. It was interesting within the first week of the podcast going live. So if you didn't see or listen to episode 15, I highly encourage the viewer to check that one out. Um, it's been overwhelming. I've, I've gotten so much response from the advisors that listen to the weekly podcasts that go out here within our organization. And it's just, although you can't relate to his, uh, how he frames it, his incomprehensible experience of surviving two plane crashes. But the thing that a lot of advisors and what I'm hearing from them is there's little things that he says, the grit of what it took for him to deal with adversity that advisors go through each and every day. And I mean, for a guy who's only 27 years old to survive both of those plane crashes and losing family members, still going to a D1 big, big uh, school for basketball, it's a, it's a very, um, very great uh, podcast to kind of listen to if you have a couple minutes to check it out. It's a humbling podcast. It really humbles you when you hear what mm -hmm. he's been through. And we must mention, too, <clears throat> you sound a little gravelly there. Uh, it's allergy season. I do. It's, it's allergy season down here in Houston. Uh, one day it is 45 degrees. The next day it's 90. Um, and pollen, you, you go outside and both me and my wife have black vehicles. And it just looks like we got a brand new highlighter driving down the road. So... <laughs> But yeah, so I apologize for, for those of those. So bear with me this episode. All right. And let's get back to Austin, though, because this is what we want to talk about. Why do you think Austin's message resonates so much with advisors? Going back to that, the term grit. So he that's a huge thing with what he does when he goes to events and gives uh, inspirational speeches and he does his public speaking. Uh, grit is a huge thing for these entrepreneurs of advisors where a lot of them are on an island. So there's so many moving pieces in their business in order to continue on to grow their business, to scale their business, figure out what tasks are theirs. Do they delegate? other tasks elsewhere. So really every day could be a different day for that advisor. And Austin going through his life experience and chatting with the, the team and chatting with others and spreading his message of how he was able to overcome so many challenges at such a young age. And at the same time, really uh, going back to one of his infamous uh, phrases is bloom where you're planted, because that's what advisors do. Wherever they're currently located, they just have to make the most of their situation, their scenario. And when it's all said and done, you got to continue to strive for those goals. And all we can do is look back and see what we've accomplished. 
Is there any uh, commonality in, in the, the, the adversity that advisors are seeing today? I, I would say for the most part, I have a lot of advisors who might see similar adversities when it comes to marketing, just because uh, some of the adversities that they go through, they might be trying a new marketing program that they're been very successful in the past doing a couple things, but they know the future and uh, wanting to be around for the next decade or two in this industry, they might start to do more online appointments or become more nationally known. So it's not about just marketing in their own demographic. So possibly I'd say there's a little adversity for advisors on the marketing front. And then I got on the other end, uh, the operational side really is advisors are growing rapidly. It comes back to scaling your practice and possibly delegating some of the tasks and some of the things that advisors who are really there to be the go-to person to have conversations about repositioning assets and helping a customer financially, they shouldn't be focused on too much of their time when it comes to paperwork and possibly setting up their schedule and doing other things with their brand. And they should really be focused on what helped them continue to scale and grow their business on the revenue side. And that leads us to systems, processes. Where do they learn about these systems and what kind of role do they play in scaling a practice? It's it's very, um, it's, it's systems and Obviously, the theme of the podcast is systems and processes for the 21st century advisor. It depends. A lot of advisors in the last two to three years have really gravitated finding mentors when it comes to successful advisors that they can model their practice after. So when having conversations with successful advisors that have already been in their shoes and maybe their four or five years away from where that advisor is today, it's nice to know that there's a roadmap laid out and figuring out you know, what took them to that next level and have somebody to bounce ideas off of, kind of like a sounding board to figure out, you know, in order for me to get to this next level, do I need to start hiring somebody? Do I need to now expand my brand? Do I need to focus more on just converting more prospects to clients and having a mentor of some sort of individual to rely on for that information, it saves the advisor a lot of time and a lot of really what it comes down to is money, um, a lot of capital of just spending money and hoping that something's going to work. You at least see the light at the end of the tunnel with the mentorship. You just mentioned time and you mentioned money together. Everybody's time is just valuable and it's a fixed amount of time. It's not infinite. How can advisors maximize being efficient? So this is an important part of it because me and you, Patrice, although we're multiple states away, we only have 24 hours in the day, just like every single advisor. So when it comes to that, I find that the advisors that are having so much success each and every year, continuing to grow their business, thriving really, and having an opportunity to attract new people to become customers of theirs. They're really focusing on revenue generating activities. So those revenue generating activities tend to be more for the advisor doing one-on-one -on -one appointments, giving an educational workshop, doing some form of activity to stay in front of people, and also making sure that they're giving back to their community, making sure that they are um, representing a good light for their brand. So advisors that are really focusing more 
on the revenue stream of their organization and not so much the, like I mentioned earlier, the paperwork, mm-hmm. um, the other things that maybe an individual who makes, let's just say an, a certain number. So if an advisor makes six figures and per hour, when it comes down to the person that or the task that's at hand, is that hour worth that advisor taking on XYZ of calling this client to help file um, a withdrawal form or to help this asset do this? So maybe since that job might not be as valuable to that individual, maybe hiring somebody out of college or somebody who can possibly take on the, the tedious task as opposed to that individual focusing more on the marketing and staying in front of new people, uh, that's a way to really help be more efficient in your time as an advisor. Marketing, that is huge. Marketing budgets. I mean, the word budget just freaks everybody out anyway. But a marketing budget, how do your advisors put together a budget looking forward and then hit their goals and hit scale? The the budget is always a question mark, and that's why it's it's hard to go at it alone. So, really, the first key metric when it comes to putting together your budget is just knowing your numbers. So, a lot of my advisors, when we do those annual reviews on their business, when we put together goals for the next year, we really focus more on what their numbers are based on how many people they saw, how many appointments did it take per week to end up converting X amount of clients each and every month. So when you dive into your numbers, you can now look at, okay, based off of the amount of people that I'm seeing, based on my office, based on the efficiency that I have, when it comes to looking at next year's goals, if I want to grow 20%, well, is that 20% going to be by us closing or so not just closing, but converting Mm -hmm. more prospects to clients? So do we need to increase our closing ratio from, let's say it was, uh, call it 20%. Do we just need to rev that up a little bit, make that 24% each and every year? So what tools and systems can we do there? Or do we just need to spend more money, get in front of more people and increase instead of having five appointments per week with a new prospect, we need to have six. So maybe it comes back to just instead of having five appointments per week, we need to make sure we're maximizing those dollars we're spending to try to generate at least six appointments per week. So now we're able to scale to that 20% growth next year. But obviously, when it comes to the marketing budget, you want to make sure you're implementing systems and processes that can get you to that number. So you don't want to necessarily have six appointments each and every week, and you feel like you're going to hit your goal that way, but the marketing that you're doing or the dollars you're spending might not be the right approach to get you to that 20% goal. So that's why it's always nice to take a step back, have an individual like what we have here um, as an ADC. Um, a lot of my advisors rely on me to put together systems and processes for them and really show them a roadmap in order to hit those goals and know fundamentally how much it's going to take for them to uh, market themselves efficiently for the upcoming year. Jeremy, you're talking about seeing more people, being active in the community. With COVID, who knows what it's going to do? Ramp up, ramp down, whatever. Things are changing. Um, A lot of work has been done by computer, by Zoom. Now advisors are going back out and seeing people, but 
building trust and credibility is it mm -hmm. is it easier in person or have we become used to doing it electronically i would definitely say it's it has not become easier um a lot of advisors have struggled when it comes to taking their practice virtually over the last two years. Thankfully, we do have a handful of advisors that are already starting to see the success when it comes to taking their practice 100% virtually. So there are systems in play that can help an advisor get there, but they have to be willing to put in the work. And really when it comes to the difference, at least from my view of what I see from the advisors doing virtual appointments compared to in-person is in a virtual world, people move people more. So what I mean by that is it's not so heavily relied on software tools or what right. the money, what they can do with their asset allocations. The advisor really has to get more involved with that person listening. There's a lot more that goes into it when you're not physically um, this might, you might not have heard this term, but belly to belly, which is a, uh, a term in our industry. Yeah, sure that I have. <laughs> okay. So uh, when you're in person with somebody, belly, belly, uh, belly to belly with them, the main goal is you can easily start to gauge and get a good grasp and build a relationship a lot easier in person as opposed to in a virtual world. But with all that said, the incredible opportunity that lies ahead for those advisors that do start to pivot and start to complement their live world with some virtual stuff, um, all of a sudden your practice that was in just XYZ town in Tennessee, mm -hmm. and you're now working with somebody who is possibly in California or Arizona um, you're a national brand. And what that means is you're no longer just relied upon in your demographic locally. You're now branching out to more people, which means more opportunity. And so when you can kind of pivot your practice into doing more virtual things and really get to have more success, having people move people as opposed to the normal way of what some advisors might be comfortable with, um, I, I definitely think the light at the end of the tunnel is huge for, for those advisors. Making that convert from prospect to client, tell me about what you've seen among your advisors. It is, it is a challenge. Um, and at the end of when it's all said and done, um, if it was easy, you know, you know, the saying, if, if it was easy, then everybody would be doing it. So the advisors that are sticking with processes and really just giving it their all, they're putting in the extra work. They, they see the fact that they want to be around for the next 10, 15, 20 years, not saying that everything, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, not saying that advisors who are doing everything a hundred percent in person today, aren't going to be relevant in that time, but you do. And if anything is, was taught here in the last two years, the uncertainty is just something you want to plan for. So just in case, if things were never shut down, you want to make sure that your practice and your business, especially as an entrepreneur that has so many, you have so many people, your family members relying on you, you want to make sure no matter what obstacles get tossed your way, you're able to succeed in the uncertain times. So I actually saw an interesting article. It was in Financial Advisor Magazine, and it talks about this group that a lot of advisors don't really focus on, and it's the Gen Xers. 
So everybody talks about the millennials, the baby boomers, but the Gen Xers are kind of this, this secret crowd that nobody really talks about in the financial world. But what's interesting with them is the amount of wealth that they're going to be inheriting here over the next coming 15 to 20 years. And the way that they communicate with people, they are definitely looking for not just the best individual in their area. They're looking for the best person in the country to do business with. So the light at the end of the tunnel, like I've referenced here in the scaling and seeing where your business going in the next 10 to 15 years, it's kind of glaring the fact that, you know, with so much money in motion here over the next 10 to 15 years, and a lot of these individuals who are used to working with the best, and these are very savvy individuals, it might be worth taking a second look at possibly just complementing your live business with virtual stuff. Mm-hmm. Lots of great stuff here, Jeremy, um, despite the allergies there. Is, yep. there. is there anything you want to add that we've missed that we didn't talk about? I just think uh, for the most part, I've, I'm hearing a lot of uh, great stories from advisors that are challenging themselves here for 2022. I definitely think previous some of the previous podcasts, a lot of obstacles, advisors that I talk to each and every day, a lot of some similar obstacles that come about are referenced in some previous podcasts. So if they get a chance, um, feel free, they can reach out to me or they can just check out some previous podcast episodes that talk about some of the marketing things that we're doing here at InsureMark and some of those advisors that are doing some of these programs are, I've already echoed and chatted about those on previous episodes too. So make sure you have a plan. We're off to a great year and uh, looking forward to our next episode. And how can people reach you? At uh, advisormentorship.com. They can feel free to watch the video there and we can send them over our introduction kit or you can just give us a call at 713-973-7575. All right, then follow the Advisor Mentorship Podcast. That way you're going to get the latest show. And don't be greedy. Share the insights and the information with colleagues and friends. Enjoy it all. I'm Patrice Sakura, and let's talk again later. Thank you for listening to the InsureMark Advisor Mentorship Podcast with Vice President Jeremy Hauser. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available and connect with Jeremy on LinkedIn to stay up to date. If you would like to request our introduction kit, feel free to check out www.advisormentorship.com and click on Learn More. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of InsureMark. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. Thank you for listening to the InsureMark, the advisor mentorship podcast with InsureMark Vice President, Jeremy Hauser.